Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Welcome to the Black Women Amplified podcast. This is your host, Monica Wisdom, and I am so excited that you're here with me today. I get to have an incredible conversation with an adventurous woman who has lived around the world, Miss Cassandra Anthony. She shares her knowledge with students in the Netherlands, Italy, Tanzania, Albania, and Denmark. Her love for the arts and amplifying the voices of Black creatives led her to the Burning Man Project in Black Rock City. She served as the event and program coordinator for the Black Burners Project. Cassandra is here with us today to share her remarkable journey through arts and education and our two-part conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ms. Cassandra Anthony. So let's talk about the art specifically, the project itself. How? <laughs> like with all of these challenges that you had, one, I want to talk about your role as the on-playa program director, but also the art itself. How did that come about? So I'm not exactly sure of the direct story, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I know that Aaron was approached either by an organization or the org itself or the Burning Man org itself to bring her art to the playa and why not bring her photography? And she was influenced by another photojournalist who did these large scale photo installations. I can't remember his name right now, but it's like, why not? This has never been done before, you know? large-scale photos of people on the playa. So she worked with a couple of people to develop this idea. Fran Xavier is an architect who helped her quite a bit with the design and the structure. So they ended up deciding to do what was originally three photographic sculptures that were interactive, meaning that you could climb them sit on them, chill out. It became, it's, it's supposed to be a gathering place. And that's exactly what it was. It, it turned out to be perfect. I would roll up to Black Ashe and I'd see like someone I had been chatting with for the first time. So it ended up becoming this community space where you could see the whole playa from 30 feet. You could climb up. Another interactive component is that we asked black and brown burners to record their experiences. So there was an audio component that we had playing from one of the structures and you would sit there, you could sit there and just listen to the the structures come to life. You would hear about the actual experiences of being black on Playa These are real burners. These are veteran burners talking about 
what their experiences are like. And it wasn't all negative. It wasn't like, oh, I encountered racism. Some of them were like, you know, I was at a party on Robot Heart and I was wanting pizza and someone showed up with pizza, you know? (laughs) So it was, that brought it to life. The models, I don't want to say models, they didn't model, but the photographs that were used were actual burners. So it ended up being because of funding that there were only two structures. The first structure was of Aniset, and I got a chance to meet her. She burnt this year. She's a wonderful person. And the other structure was of a burner whose name is Ken, and he was not on Playa this year. Or if he was, I didn't meet him. But just their presence, especially just you're riding your bike and then you see Ken, and you're just like, whoa, what is this? And you just go closer and closer. Every time I hung out at Black Ashe, even I had so many white people even coming up to me like, oh, we really support Black Burner Project. We love what you guys are doing and we're here for our for your support. And it was just really touching. I heard of a few incidents, but you know, we don't have to talk about that. For the most part, it was very welcoming. And I like to think that Black people had a safe space because they knew they could go there and find community. Yeah, even just hearing that there were 19 camps of people of color, I'm just sitting here like, what? (laughs) You're really blowing my mind with this because it just was not, it wasn't available when I was there. And it's a beautiful thing that now it's going to be a part of Burning Man. No matter who's there, you are, somebody else is going to come and somebody else is going to come. And it's a very special experience because just as Burning Man as a whole, it's a time where you just get off the grid and you don't have to deal with your day-to-day responsibilities in life. You get off the grid, you open up your heart and you experience the Playa Magic, as you said. And these experiences happen, and then hopefully you contain that energy and take it out into the world when you leave and realize that that's what life is because life is just an experiment, right? You get to pick and choose how you want to live it. You get to pick and choose, like you here you are exploring the world and you're going to open up a school on an island off the coast of the continent. I mean, like, did you imagine that as a four-year-old kid? No, that I ate, you know, an eight-year-old girl growing up in Atlanta, black girl, like exploring the whole world and then being a part of such a historic and powerful project in a well-established event. That's amazing to me. So congratulations to all of you all. I still feel like because I'm a virgin burner, I don't quite understand the impact that Black Burner Project and Black Ashe has had on our demographic. I'm still taking it in and I can only go off of the energy veteran burners are giving me and the energy that the built team for Black Ashe is is going through right now. Like the momentum is like hot. (laughs) 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 And that's... Also, another thing, I don't have the the statistics yet, 
But I want to say that the women builders, the Black women builders for Black Ashe and the Black men were almost equally yoked. I remember when I first got to Playa and I went to Black Ashe, I was like, damn, we represent the ladies are out here, right? Like we were working just, you know, on the scat. The sisters were all up on the scaffolding, doing work, hard hats, tool belts, everything. So I I just have not fully processed what we have done just yet. I'm only three weeks post, post I'm still decompressing. <laughs> it, it's been it's been three weeks for me as of Tuesday. And then, you know, after I got off Playa, I found out I had COVID the next day, which was horrible. Yeah. But, you know, it was a risk that we all took going in. I knew it would be a super spreader event. Um, unfortunately, it was my first time getting COVID. And so I was like, I had all these plans of seeing my people because we all went back to like Oakland, you know, Bay Area and had all these things planned. And then everything was just like, eh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was just God. That was God saying, you're just going to sit down a little while longer and you're going to rest. <laughs> I know. Well, I remember when we left, oh my God, our first stop was at the grocery store and you would have sworn we had never eaten in life. We ran around, and now we were only going to, because we left Burning Man the time we went and then we went to Lake Tahoe for a couple of days just to chill out. And we went to the grocery store. I tell you what, we, I think we filled up three carts of food for two days. It was ridiculous. But we were so hungry and so thirsty. I mean, how much beaks jerky can you eat? You know, how many beaks can you eat? Like we just had, because we got food that wouldn't waste or anything like that. And so it was like, oh my God, I just want a really good dinner. That was a priority. So I know what you mean by that. And that, you know, that, that space you create, you just, you have to decompress in that space before you go back out in the world. And, oh. Well, I'm glad that you're well. So tell me about what was your role with the Black Burner Project? Yeah, so I actually met Erin in a meeting with the Multicultural Neighborhood. The Multicultural People of Color Neighborhood will have these weekly meetings. And the neighborhood was totally self-organized. I didn't even stay within the neighborhood. And I was at the meetings every week. (laughs) I just wanted to be involved. So I met her there and it was around April or so. And she was talking about her project and what she needs and how she had this vision of doing music event and healing event on Playa. And my background is event promotion and artist management, mostly with house and techno DJs. So I jumped on the opportunity. I was like, we're in this chat. You need this. Let me see how I can help you. Granted, I'm a virgin burner, but I'll do what I can. So that is how I came upon the role. And it was just magical because I had the opportunity to sit with Erin and talk through her vision and try to make that vision happen as best as I could. You know, granted, things don't turn out exactly the way you want them to on Playa. People don't show up. 
you know, things like that happen. <laughs> but the magic was in finding fire performers. The magic was in finding these incredible vocalists who were also burners. The magic was in one thing that I just am so excited about is finding Black mutant vehicle creators, art car creators who are Black and inviting them to come to this event for a Black burner project, you know, and just finding all these Black creatives was that that part was really magical for me. And it was totally out of my comfort zone because I started out by searching hashtags and jumping into people's DMs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the DM slider. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. (laughs) Or Aaron, Aaron would send me a clip and I'll be like, okay. (laughs) Like a few hours later, be like, Hey, I talked to them. They're down. You know? (laughs) So, so the fun part was helping execute her vision of what she wanted to have happened. And so we had the debut art reveal on Tuesday and it turned out to be this really intimate event where we did have our fire performers and art cars and vocalists and MCs and musicians. And we, our musical director was Prince Board, who was one of the founding men, members of Black Eyed Peas. And I was like, what? He's a burner too. You know? <laughs> He's won two Grammys. Why? He's a, you know, but um, he ended up leading the musical direction and doing what he can as a burner. And it was not an easy job at all, but the programming was great. The programming was so great. Unfortunately, I feel like I was so busy. I did not capture anything. So I'm finding bits and pieces on the internet, trying to put to piece together the evening. But the performers that we had were just amazing. And I just... I'm I'm looking forward to what the future may bring because then other people started coming to me like, oh yeah, I, you know, I spend fire. And I'm like, I didn't know that. (laughs) 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 Or like, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a vocalist. I sing. And I'm like, I didn't know that. You know, like (laughs) you didn't say anything, but I didn't know. You all are going to have a Harlem Renaissance on the playa. (laughs) You know what, what I'm planning for next year's burn is right now it's, it's beyond, you know, especially with the DJs. One of the things that was really important for me joining, once I decided I was going to come to the burn and I found out about the honorariums and stuff like that, I wanted to connect all of the black led honorariums. And I got most of them. I think I got three out of five. Now, what is the honorarium? So the honorarium are the artists that Burning Man gives a grant to. So Aaron received a grant from the Burning Man organization to bring her art to the playa. And then, you know, they every artist who receives that have to, they have to fundraise the rest. So the three projects that I specifically 
was making an effort to support was Aaron, of course, the solar shrine, and also build a seat. And then I found out there were the other two. I was not able to make that connection (laughs) before being on Playa. But that was another just community building (laughs) experience because it opened up even more creatives who were doing the same work, but on different projects and on different types of projects. Um, I really connected with the Solar Shrine crew. They were based out of Chicago and they're basically a team of architects. And the lead architect, Fran, is the one who helped Aaron design the structures for Black Ache. And it was just really important to me because it's like there's always strength in numbers. And so by having all of us, at least in communication, that was just really important for me. And so now I'm trying to find like all the Black artists that I can want to bring art to the playa. And I'm like, how can we make this happen for you? What do you need? What do you want to do? Let's make it happen. So, yeah. So are you going to turn this project into its own camp or is it a camp? Right now, Aaron has no desire to turn Black Burner Project into a camp. The next steps, Aaron is still trying to sort out and figure out and also decompress at the same time. But I can say with confidence right now that there will not be a camp for Black Burner Project. However, there are other Black-led camps. (laughs) There's quite a few Black-led camps. But as far as the direction of Black Burner Project, I would say stay tuned. That will be announced very soon, very shortly. So final question. Now, first of all, I can definitely see how traveling overseas and going from country to country helped you with being able to do this because you're able to think quickly on your feet and you're able to act quickly and you're very resourceful. And I can imagine traveling the world with yourself, by yourself, and all of these different experiences, you definitely used it on the playa. <laughs> because yeah. it from visually seeing and then hearing the little bit that I've heard from Oshun Lade and what I'm hearing from you is it was an awesome commitment to make sure that this was a great experience for everybody. So kudos to the team. And I know you're still in the middle of decompressing, compressing, but where and how um, did you feel like you had your burn, that experience for yourself? It was the question, basically, how was my burn? Basically, yes. Okay. So the burn for me was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done and also one of the most challenging things that I've ever done. It was fulfilling because this work with Black Burner Project and with Aaron has opened up new doors and roads I never even thought I would be walking upon. And so it was also challenging because I do have some health issues. And I was also in my own head a lot of times. However, being that I am an experienced traveler and also a solar traveler at times. When I would wake up or I couldn't sleep at 4 a.m., I would sometimes just get on my bike and go. (laughs) Just go. And, 
not knowing what I would find or if I came across one of my campmates. We had a really great night one time. I camped with a camp called Bubbles and Bass. Our gift to the playa was sunrise parties with great house DJs. And we gifted champagne from 5 a.m. until noon. (laughs) I remember that camp because when I went, we weren't far from there because we would get up every morning and watch the sunrise. The most magnificent sunrise ever. And we would go have champagne. Yes. I don't know if it was exactly them, but I remember going to a camp and having that experience. Ocean Lade, he he was at my camp and that's how I invited him to come to our like private camping areas just to sit and chill and talk and stuff. But I just wanted to have a really well-organized, established camp for my first burn. And I'm so grateful that I made the decision. And not to mention, we had also really good music and house debates. And you mentioned food. And so maybe this is something that will be different for you as well. But I was not hungry at all. My camp in particular, we had two meals a day. But I ended up only eating dinner maybe four or five nights out of the 10 days that I was there because I always found good food. (laughs) Right. I didn't find, I didn't have that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I had a great, you know, first of all, it was hot as I don't know what, and I'm not really an eater when it's hot. It was so hot. And, but when the sun went down, it was cold. And then they had the couple of nights we had the dust storms. So you talk about self-reliance and being out of my comfort zone (laughs) because I'm not, I'm not a camper. I'm not that girl. And so to really have moments where it's like, you know, going inside, okay, how am I going to deal with, I'm in the middle of a dust storm and I can't even see in front of me, but I need to get over here. You know, so it was just a lot of internal conversations I call it opening up portals inside of myself, realizing that I can get anything. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I can really fucking do anything, right? Anything I put my mind to because I'm totally out of my world. And it was one of those things where I didn't really understand the power of Burning Man until I left Burning Man and went to the airport to go home. Because by the time you get back, to the airport, everybody has taken a shower. They put on their clothes. They're back on their phones. And you're like, oh my God, I know these are burners because there's nobody else in town right now. So it's taking off the mask and it's taking off your guard and it's taking off all the labels and the titles that you have out in the world and just having an opportunity to be yourself and find yourself. And that's what I love about Burning Man. And I love that now black and brown people get to have that experience and remove all those extra layers that we have to have to to survive in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I decided next year because decompression is has been, I'm doing better now, but having COVID was a really low point and not being able to say goodbye to my friends or give hugs goodbye to my friends that I won't see until the next burn if they come. So that was really hard for me. So I decided next year that we are all going to decompress together 
if you're my friend for a minimum of two or three weeks, <laughs> but you really do, you need that community. You really do need that community and have someone, I don't know how this is going to work, but I know that we need to be together for at least two to three weeks. I'm going to say two weeks post Playa before we start getting on each other's nerves and stuff, because we need to, you, you just need people around you who can relate to your experiences. And yeah, because you get, it's, it's so many emotions. You don't even know that you're releasing. Yes. It's yep. so emotional and it's so much. And I can imagine for everybody, there's a level of it, but for black and brown people, there's a level of trauma that you're releasing. And if you don't have somebody who's going through that with you or has been through it, you don't know what's going on with you. You think you're like, oh my God, you know, what is wrong with me? (laughs) But you have to have somebody that just like taps your hand and rubs your back and say, it's okay. It'll it'll be done in a couple of hours. Just drink this water. Like you need the nurturing through the decompression. Yes. I remember, yes, when I came back, I even, I was was drinking like a, a drink in a can and I stepped on it and crushed it. (laughs) And I held on to it because I was like, you know, coming back from the burn, it's such an intense experience where you have to be set radically self-reliant and you take everything, you know, with you. I held on to the can for a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) Till I noticed like, there's a trash can over there. I'm just holding on to this trash, like, you know, surprise, I didn't put it in my pocket. And I was just holding on to it. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, recycle. I'm in Denmark. We recycle here. Yeah. So that part is is real. And, you know, they say not to make any major life-changing decisions post-burn. They say three weeks post-burn, three months if you're a virgin burner. So fortunately, I made all of my decisions before <laughs> I got to the playa. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to play this smart. I'm going to make my decisions. If if it flows, then it flows and I will make, I'll know to move forward. So my plan right now is to move out to the Oakland Bay Area to support artists and to create an event space as well. I've partnered up with some people and we want to create a place or a space with a focus on centering underrepresented and marginalized voices. Right now we are all thirsty for community and we need to be nourished. And this will also be a space where sound is our focus. It's the catalyst And the arts will be our focus and the catalyst. And we just want there to be a safe space for Black and brown people, more specifically the LGBTQ community. And we just need a gathering space, a safe space for us with mostly outdoors. In the next year or so, we we are working on cultivating this space. It will be called Thirsty. Because we're all thirsty for this community. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see what you create. I mean, you're a fascinating woman. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your life with me. Now that we are 
both burners. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a connection and we both love the arts and I can't tell you enough how, about how much I love house music. But I would just yes. want to thank you for this conversation. It has been cathartic for me because like I said, I have not been able to talk to a Black girl about this experience. And there's something that as Black women, we share from a spiritual level and from a heart-centered level that yes. we can't have these conversations with everybody. And so to our listeners, <laughs> you got mm-hmm. a little inside conversation of how Black girls talk to each other and with each other and for each other. And I hope that anybody listening will look up. Can you give us the web address for the Black Burner Project? Yes. The first website is just blackburnerproject.com. And the website specifically about the installation is blackasheart.com. We also have a Facebook group called Black Burner Project, where people of color connect. And also look up Black Burner Project on Instagram. That's where you will find the bulk of Aaron's interviews. And then you can follow the hashtag Black Burner and you can see everybody's pictures. Because that, that in itself, I was going through that this morning. I was just, I said, girl, get it together. I'm crying again. Why do I keep crying? <laughs> but just to see. I, <laughs> I have to tell you about this pivotal moment on Tuesday where I started crying. Everyone around me started crying. So DJ Shango was playing and there's a mutant vehicle car called the Red Hot Beverly. And they had displayed a Black Lives Matter sign in either Oakland or San Francisco. However, they transformed their car. So Red Hot Beverly is basically a fire extinguisher art car. But they transformed their car and put the the sign Black Lives Matter on their mutant vehicle. And so they pulled up and everybody looked up and saw this bright red mutant vehicle with these bold word Black Lives Matter after just experiencing the debut live performance event of Black Ashe and everyone was just jaws dropped. I started crying and it was just a beautiful moment that we got to share. And the creators of the vehicle, they were mostly Latino they were totally sweet guys. They invited everyone to come on their vehicle and press. They had poofers, you know, the fire and everything. And it was just, it was just so much love because they even saw the value of what that represented. You know, it, it included them as well. It's, you know, Black Burner Project isn't just specific for Black burners. Yes, we are Black, but. Aaron's goal is to document the experiences of all people of color and marginalized voices on Playa. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all come from the motherland. (laughs) Whether you stopped in the Caribbean, Latin America, Brazil, like South America, it all comes back to the beautiful continent of uh, Africa. And as you're telling me, literally, I'm going to get off this podcast conversation. I'm just going to go cry. I couldn't, (laughs) I just, I can't even fathom it. Like, it's just a part of my imagination right now. And so I'm going to go look for the picture because I I have to see it for myself. I'll show you video. I'll show you video of the Black Lives Matter, of the Red Hot Beverly pulling up with the Black Lives Matter sign. And it was just, it was just beautiful. 
but you know, the, the support behind this project was just incredible, incredible. And I think there is definitely a shift with the Burning Man organization because of the efforts and the accomplishments of Black Burner Project. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because it's, it's not only is it necessary, but it's important. And everybody needs to recognize its importance because yes. it's life. If the idea of Burning Man is to make life better out in the world, then they have to incorporate all of this inside of this experiment that happens for a week. It's just necessary. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Black Burner Project, it's a multicultural movement to bring this radical in- inclusion to Burning Man. So I just look forward to the future. There's so much. Everyone is just so hyped right now and motivated and inspired. And you have to come next year. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, I will ma'am. do what I can to, to get you there, you know. <laughs> That is another thing through the RIDE initiative. There were a lot of people on the advisory board who made efforts to put hands specifically into the and tickets into the hands of black and brown people. And I fortunately, I got a low income ticket. But when I knew that when I made the decision that I would attend Burning Man, the ticket was the last thing on my mind because I was like, I know I'll get there. I'm more concerned about if I can get a bike. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which the, the bike ended up being one of the biggest pain in the asses for me to acquire. But I wasn't even concerned about the ticket because I was like, I know I'm going to be there. I know that there's this initiative to get me there. If I need a ticket, I will find a ticket. And so if you need a ticket, we can, I'm sure that there will be access through ride. But the thing is, it's not just, you know, oh, I'm black. I want a ticket. There you are. The people who ended up getting tickets gifted for them, whose stories that I know that I met through ride, they opened up and told their truths. You know, they were open about why they want to attend, about why being at Burning Man was important for them or about the struggles that they had trying to go the years before and not being able to get there. And then some someone, you know, anonymously would gift them a ticket, which was another whole beautiful thing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we created this beautiful community and network through the multicultural neighborhood and also Black Burner Project and also K-Viva, and also all these other camps that were part of the neighborhood. And it's just such a beautiful thing. I didn't even get into all of the camps that just touched my heart, you know? (laughs) I have to shout out to, okay? Okay. So Mo Better Burners is a DC DMV-based camp. And this sister, Mika, she's a virgin burner. She decided to start her own camp. First year burner decided to start a camp. <laughs> wow. Right. So yes. So just reading her reflections right now, too, that was a process. But talking with her over the past few months and me and her connecting on 
being virgin burners and somewhat of the prejudice we receive because we're virgin burners. And it's like, no, we do our research. We know what we, you know, we don't know what we're doing, but <laughs> we think we know what we're doing. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me say, being a black woman, we know how to do whatever we need to do. Like, don't worry about that. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she had a camp of black and brown burners and they brought some really incredible art to the playa. I can't think of the name of the artist whose work they featured. Another camp that just absolutely touched my heart were the Cosmic Camels. And they are a camp of Middle Eastern burners, uh, Swana area. So they were Egyptian, Lebanese, Israeli, Palestinian. These were friends who could not visit each other because of political barriers from their country. Yeah. So coming to the playa is sort of their pilgrimage to see their friends and to have this connection and to burn together. So their story is also very beautiful and touching. And yeah, <laughs> when, I, when I first was in a meeting with them and hearing their stories, I was just like, oh my gosh, to me, this is what you know, radical inclusion is. And I was like, I will do what I can do to help support you all as best as I can, because to me, this is what burning should be about. You know, the connection, the community is not confined to a certain region. Yes. So those are two camps in particular that just touch my heart. And the efforts that were put into creating a community, and they were all within the neighborhood, it was just really a beautiful thing to see develop. That is beautiful because I can't imagine not being able to see my friends, (laughs) you know, because of all of these obstacles. I'll just say that. That's a beautiful thing. And that is what it's about because It's not about taking away space from anybody. It's about making space for everybody. And that's what what radical inclusion is. It's not that I'm trying to push you out. I'm just, and, and we're going to have this, and we're going to have this, but you're still fully there and you're still fully yourself. Just allow me to be fully here and fully myself. And that's, um, that's a powerful expression and that's a powerful mission for you all to have with this project and for you yourself. I mean, you're creating a school. You're going to create a space. You're going to do all the things. (laughs) Yes, I'm trying. (laughs) You know, I just really, I feel such a passion for amplifying the work and the voices of, first of all, house and techno DJs, Black house and techno DJs, specifically women, and the arts community fabricators, welders, builders, sculptors, particularly if they're Black and specifically if they're Black women who are creating their own lane. And I'm like, well, what? let's let's get your art to Burning Man. Nobody's going to tell you no. <laughs> you know what, what you should look at is Ava DuVernay created a portal because there were no Black women and people of color in the in these roles in the film industry, I have to find the website and send it to you. But that might be something that is also helpful for these other camps to say, hey, if you need a builder, here's a list of people of color that you can hire yes. to bring in. And but yeah, she did it. So it has shifted 
So when people say, well, we can't find any black editors, she's like, well, it's on the website. Right. <laughs> we right. can't find any da 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 da. Oh, here it is on the website. So that could be a part of your project is creating a portal so that other camps can say, hey, do you have a welder? Do you have a, a mechanic? Do you have a this? Do you have a that? And you're like, yeah. sure. It's on the website. And you know what? When when camps apply to be placed with the organization, they are they one of the questions was was a scale, I don't know if it was one to five or one to ten of how much they valued ride this radical inclusion, diversity, and equity initiative. And so they could say where they valued this. And that's actually a really good idea because when they ask them how, how do you support this idea or why do you support this idea? They can say, oh, well, I see the value in having inclusive spaces. We brought on this welder who is a woman who works with wood and concrete. So yeah, that's their contribution, you know, (laughs) but you know, you also have to be wary of performativity with the burner culture, which is a whole other conversation. Girl, we can't, we, we don't have enough time for the clown show. Yeah. There's quite a lot of that happening, but you know what? I was like, just bring it. I'm not going to dwell on it. If you offer in something, then I will receive it. But thank you. Take your picture. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yep. But you know, it's at the genesis of it and I just can't wait to see how it flowers. And I just to respect your time. And I feel like, you know, we're going to talk later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I want to say thank you so much for being with us today and joining the black women amplified podcast. You are definitely amplifying your life around the world and leaving your imprint and making a difference. And I well, personally say, I really appreciate that. And so, and thank you for taking care of my brother out on the playa because I'm always a nervous wreck till he gets home, <laughs> you know, but thank you again for this conversation. Thank you again for being so vulnerable and sharing your insights and your challenges. And I can't wait to see what you create next. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you opening up this space and there's more to come for sure. I would love to have a, a year update or something. <laughs> just, just to catch up to see, you know, the, the the influence and the changes that have happened since since doing this podcast today and the growth that that will definitely happen. So thank you so much. Yeah, we can do a pre-playa conversation and then Go from there. See what happens. You all have a, like I tell everybody, the people that I speak to on this podcast are so incredible. You have an open invitation here. So if you have anything you need to talk about, want to share, just hit me up. You know how to reach me and we will get it together. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. I really appreciate it. And you have an amazing evening. Because I know you are across the world. Have an amazing evening and take care of yourself. And I will talk to you soon. Okay, Monica. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.